This is the Labour Housing Podcast. Welcome to the first ever Labour Housing Podcast. We're here at Labour Party Conference. We're going to be doing one podcast a day on different aspects of housing. Housing is such an important issue to the Labour Party membership and increasingly across the country to the public as well that we thought we should do four different episodes to look at four different aspects. We're starting today with a general conversation with John Healy, who's the Shadow Secretary of State for Housing, talking about uh, his policies and what Labour would do if we got into government. And then we're going to be talking to Matt Singh, who's a polling expert from Number Cruncher Politics, looking at what the public are thinking about housing uh, at the moment. My name is Sarah Jones. I'm the Member of Parliament for Croydon Central, and I'm also in the Shadow Housing team working with John Healy. I was elected last year uh, in the 2017 election uh, and I unseated Gavin Barwell who then was the housing minister. Um, So it's an absolute pleasure to start this podcast and we're going to start by looking at what John Healy's been saying on the conference floor this morning about housing. So I'm joined by Labour's Shadow Secretary of State for Housing, John Healy. Hello, John. Hello. It's nice to have you here. Now, how many conferences have you been to, can I ask? Oh, my God. <laughs> I've, I've totally lost track. I think my first conference was one where John Healy met Dennis Healy on the seafront in Brighton. Wow. And I had a, a picture, because I was then the parliamentary candidate in the area I grew up in North Yorkshire mm-hmm. and um, it, it had um, a, a picture of us point? together this is in Rydale in North Yorkshire yeah. and uh, it had Healy's together and, <laughs> but I've lost count and, um, but it's always good to be here Yes, and how long have you been Shadow Secretary of State for um, housing? For three years now. Three years. For three years since Jeremy, since Jeremy became was leader. A, was elected. Okay. And um, he and he and I did some work together when I was Labour's last housing minister, and for eleven months before we lost the election in twenty ten, and uh, in particular on council housing, finance for council housing, um, and the two of us were two of the few MPs in the House of Commons who understood local government finance for housing at the time. Anyway, I don't know if that was the recommendation, um, <laughs> but anyway, he asked me to come back, be in the Shadow Cabinet, and uh, to serve as Shadow Secretary yep. of State for Housing, not yep. Housing Minister. And how important do you think housing is within the Labour Party at the moment? Um, it's big and getting bigger, and rightly so. Um and in some ways, I think many of us have felt for a long time housing's been a higher concern for Labour members than Labour leaders. And, um, and Jeremy changed that. One thing you can say about Jeremy, mm. um, uh, it's always been his number one ho- priority in more than 40 years in politics. And so we can't say that now about housing. Um, and it's one of the reasons that I'm Shadow Secretary of State for Housing, um, not Shadow Housing Minister, and that Labour in government would set up a fully-fledged housing department to drive the deep changes needed to tackle the housing crisis. Um, we regulate 
the private rented market so that it's fairer, so that people have more security, control on rents, longer tenancies, uh, legal standards, minimum standards. Um, we'd give first-time buyers the opportunity to buy that really is only available now mm. to people f- who are rich. Yeah. And we'd end homelessness, a, a particular passion of mine, particular passion of this Labour Party for so long, we'd end it within the first parliament. Yeah. And do you think the public are, are with us on housing? How important is housing as an issue when people look at how they're going to vote? Talk to any of the active campaigners, and this is true across the country, those on the doorsteps. Talk to any of our Labour councillors um, in power or in opposition, and they will often say, look, one of the first things that people raise with us is housing. And actually yeah. the national polls reflect that. Um, housing's a higher concern for the public than it's been for 40 years. And people are right. Um, everyone knows someone who can't get the home they need or aspire to. This country does have a housing crisis, and three out of four people believe that's the case. The real challenge for us as policymakers, and particularly as politicians, is can we provide the answers that will give people the confidence that this is a crisis that can be tackled, that the problems and pressures they feel, the hopelessness that some feel about housing for the future, um, can be changed. And it's what we started to do in the general election last year. It's what we're trying to do now in opposition, um, not just to expose the failings of the Tories in power, but to say, look, can, things can be different, and maybe has got plans that will mm. make a difference to you and your family. Mm. The um, Tories often say in Parliament, they often stand up and say that, you know, for many different um, generations of all political parties, you know, there's been a problem not building enough housing. But, you know, how would you describe actually what the Conservatives have done to, to housing in this country? What's the problem that we're trying to fix? Well, I think if you look, first of all, I, I, I will never let, the Tories make the case that Labour failed entirely on housing. And and those of us in the Labour Party um, can all point to things that we perhaps didn't quite get right or didn't do enough of in 13 years. But, you know, over that period, we built two million new homes, a million more homeowners. And by the end, we had the biggest government investment in new social housing for a generation. Yeah. Um, About four billion a year. Was that the um, budget at the time, the equivalent? For, for grant for social housing. Yeah, that was the basic budget in yeah. 2009. In fact, when I became housing minister, we won switch spending from other departments to boost that program. Mm. Um, and to put it in perspective, four billion in that last Labour year, half a billion on last year under the Tories. It's in part why we've got such a serious crisis of um, affordability, new affordable homes, and it's one of the reasons that the level of new social rented homes built in this country last year was the lowest on record, probably since the Second World War. Yeah, and how, how are we going to turn that around? You've touched on, on some of it, but what's the kind of main planks of, of Labour's commitments? I think our motif, if you like, our sort of, our, our, our standard, our banner, is housing for the many. Um, our, our basic difference with the Tories isn't just on policy detail it's about the basic belief of the role of government and a belief also of, of, of how the market works so Tory ministers talk about big total house building targets when what we build, who it's for is just as important as how many we build and in truth um, 
if we're just building market price homes, which is what the Tories want, it will do so little to help those faced with the cost of housing crisis because you can only influence in the long run and at the margins the prices. So we have to build more affordable homes if we want homes to be more affordable. And that's why we've made the pledge in Housing for the Many Hour Green Paper that Jeremy Corbyn and I launched in April. We've made the Labour pledge that in government we would build a million genuinely affordable homes over 10 years. And at the heart of that, a new council house building programme so we get councils building it again at a rate we've not seen for well over 30 years. Yeah, that's incredible. And and you're announcing, you've announced today some uh, new policies as well. So what 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 have we got new and fresh at conference um, to to think about? Well, if you take a step back from the housing crisis, I think you can see that, like in other areas of where we've got deep problems in this country, the housing crisis shows us some of the real really serious challenges of failing market. Um, a flawed policies and widening inequalities. And so the the first thing I announced today was that for those that have done well out of the housing market, we need to ask a bit more to help those that have had no home at all. So I launched plans to put a new levy, a national levy, on second homes used as holiday homes and to earmark that funding raised each year specifically to help homeless families. The 120,000 kids that Mm. tonight will have no home, that will sleep in temporary hostel-type accommodation, sharing bathrooms, toilets with people they don't know, with all the consequences that has for their opportunities for the future, their schooling, their health, the pressure it puts on their families as well. And to our shame, this is a this is a number that has grown every year since 2010. And it really requires government to do a great deal more to deal with it. And I think you can see this as a signal that you've got, in, the other, in other words, people who've got a second home they use for a holiday home, this would be a way of helping those families with no home at all to get their first start. And... It's I a th- signal, I think really. that'll be a big, I think well, the Labour Party, I think the membership will will really appreciate that. I've, um, in Croydon, where I represent, last night 1,600 kids were in emergency accommodation, not just temporary accommodation, emergency accommodation, 1,600 children just in Croydon. And that's extraordinary. And we're seeing that all over the country. And uh, what, what's the second big announcement you made today? Yeah, we've already set out plans to make the private rented market fairer, um, to give renters rights to better security, to better standards, um, and to longer tenancies. But I mean, we know this from the workplace, we know this in other areas of our life. Rights are worthless unless you've got a way of securing them. And so I've announced that a Labour government would put a small sum of money aside to help set up renters' unions across the country to help people organise and defend their rights, to help people secure their rights. And it works in other countries. It works in Germany, Mm. where you've got more than a million tenants and members of a renters' union. And they're the backup that helps individuals when they need to tackle their landlords, just as trade unions are the backup for individuals that may need to tackle their employers when things aren't right. Mm. 
So it would sit alongside our policies to give people more rights and enable them to actually exercise those rights and, and, and get what they what they should have. I think, again, that would make a, a, a big difference and is, is a big issue that comes up on the doorstep. The number of people who are renting privately who are in very secu- insecure tenancies, having to move, lack of good quality, and they don't really have anybody to stand up for them. And I think, um, you know, developing the policy in that area is is, is really important for, for the next election because I think private renters, more and more as well, are voting Labour because they're having such a difficult time um, in in uh, in the private rented sector, so. people are often fearful. They're, they're fearful about um, pressing their landlord to do what they should, for fear of being evicted. Being evicted. Now you, you deal with that by um, longer tenancies, an end to the no fault evictions, um, giving people some um, confidence and control over the cost of the rent. But then you've also got to make sure that if they've got rights, they know where to go to find out about them, they know where to go if they need some help in securing them. And uh, we've promised to extend legal aid to housing again, Um, but renters' unions, I think, could play a part as well in doing what's needed, really, to make the private housing market much fairer. Yeah. Now, I couldn't talk to you this week without talking about Brexit. Um, looking at the impact of Brexit um, uh, on housing, what are, what's the sector saying to you? What are people saying to you about the impact it's going to have on, on construction and, and funding? I mean, for, mo- for most people, uh, Brexit is just a, uh, a, looming, a looming problem that nobody, because the government has failed us so badly to come up with a plan... Um, for what it means for Britain, um, they don't know what they're dealing with. And so the generally the call in the housing sector to me is just as it is from, 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 from business and other groups more generally, you know, tell us what's going to happen, what's going to be the arrangements, what do we need to deal with? But it's already quite clear that um, Britain leaving the European Union means an end to really an important source of funding for uh, new affordable homes through the European Investment Bank. We need to make sure we can find a way of replacing those. Um, but there's also a question, and this is what's often raised. Um, normally, um, but not just, but normally by house builders that have grown used to being able to bring in the skills and the labour they need from the European Union and not doing enough to recruit and train our own workforce. And uh, so they may fear Brexit, but it's also going to be a perhaps a, a shock that they may need. Mm. Um, it's unex- it's completely indefensible that we've had over the last five years a uh, a levy in place for apprenticeships, and yet the number of people completing apprenticeships in construction has fallen at a time when we're trying to build more as well as raise skills. And so um, part of part of my job in government will be. And, and it is what I will do to expect a great deal more from our house builders to recruit um, young people, not just as casual labour, but as employees, give them a career and training, uh, increase the level of apprenticeships. And this can be done if you've got a government who's willing to do it. In 2009, when we were ready to back uh, commercial house builders by kickstarting sites that's failed and stopped in the global financial recession. Mm-hmm. We made it a condition of funding for those house builders or the housing associations or councils. You get government support to build, you get it only 
if you've got an apprenticeship scheme in place and a local labour recruitment scheme, you can do that again. Yeah. So we've been talking a bit about some of the policies that we've got at the moment um, in the party, both from the election and from the Green Paper that you launched um, with Jeremy. How can members get involved? What can they do? How can they think about these policies and come back to us with, uh, with any thoughts and views? Number one, check out Housing for the Many. Our Green Paper, it sets out probably the most detailed plan an opposition has ever produced. It's on the it Labour Party website? For it was who wants to do in just key in housing for the many, it'll take you straight there. Green paper, welcome your views. Also take that, use that, um, debate it within your uh, local areas, your community groups, your residence groups, your uh, your council groups. Campaign with it. Say, look, these are the ideas that Labour's got to deal with the housing crisis. Uh, third, uh, join the Labour housing group. You know, there's a Good point. big interest in housing within Labour and we've got a great group, a network of people who foster debate, share information, push people like me and you Mm. who speak (laughs) for Labour on Housing nationally to go further, to come up with new ideas. Um, And fourth, have the confidence we're winning the arguments. Um, We're winning the arguments on housing. We've seen in recent months the government backtrack completely from the changes they wanted to make to how to fund specialist supported housing. We've seen them kick into the long grass the idea of a national voluntary right to buy for housing association tenants and starter home targets. We've seen them drop um, punitive plans to make council tenants pay more if they earn more. And we've seen them even start finally to talk again about social housing when they'd scrubbed it from any ministerial speeches or policy documents for eight years. And so they've even started to take baby steps to regulate the private rented market. But none of this will be enough because Mm. they don't believe it. They don't want to do it. They're only doing it because they're pushed. Um, So have the confidence that we're winning the arguments. So we can make a difference in in opposition and we are winning some arguments, but there may be an election Anytime soon, who no, knows? We, we, of course, we can make a difference. We make good arguments. We can win those arguments. We force government to change policy as we do. But winning in the House of Commons is one thing. Winning in the country is what counts. Yeah. And housing can help us do that. But in the end, it will only be by winning government that we get to do what we pledge. And that, in the end, is the test that really matters. Brilliant. Thanks ever so much, John, for coming on and uh, look forward to the rest of the week in conference and working with you after that. Thanks. Pleasure. Great. Thank you. I'm joined on the line by Matt Singh, who's the founder of Number Cruncher Politics. Hello, Matt. Thanks for joining us. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Do you want to start by just telling us what Number Cruncher Politics is all about? Sure. Well, um, the bit that everyone sees is um, the blog site. Um, so we do analysis and um, various uh, number crunching on uh, politics and elections. Um, and we also um, do a fair amount of um, consultancy work behind the scenes on various things to do with polling and um, all things uh, to do with numbers in politics. Good, good. We want we want to have a bit of a chat about where the public are at. So we know in the Labour Party, uh, amongst our membership, housing is a huge issue, and you know it's the number one domestic issue for for our leader as well. But we want to think for a bit about uh, you know where are the public. So I, I guess the first question is, 
is where does housing come on the kind of list of general issues that people think about, that people think are important when they're voting? Well, it's certainly um, been moving up the agenda. I mean, there are different ways of measuring it, but um, one of the longest running ones is the monthly tracker that Ipsos Mori um, runs. Yeah. So they ask people to name um, as many issues as as they want to that they feel are important to the country. And um, it's impossible to get away from the fact at the moment Brexit is... Uh, number one in the latest one that was um, on I think about 57% uh, people saying it was an important issue Um, after that comes the NHS on around about 40% but then after that there are a number of issues uh, around about the 20% mark of which housing is one and it's interesting that uh, housing has been going up over the last year or two and the level that it's at hovering just around 20 percent is uh, within a couple of points of its all-time high and uh, this is a a 40 plus year series so uh, it is certainly high both in absolute terms and relative to where it normally is as a political issue. That's interesting. Um, we've we've been looking in the um, Labour housing team at people's views about building homes because that's clearly you know a huge issue for us in terms of building more affordable homes. And and we've looked at some stats that suggest that people are increasingly um, saying that they think that there should be more housed houses built, but also that they think that there should be more houses built in their area and that historically people haven't had that view. They, they want housing maybe, but they don't want it in their area. And that figure is beginning to shift. And we're also seeing an acceptance that if we're going to prioritise uh, within the kind of house building, we should be prioritising social and affordable housing before anything else. So we seem to have seen a shift there. Is that something that you've seen? Yes, I mean, it's traditionally always been uh, the assumption, um, and I think both main parties have treated this way um, during their times in government, that um, house prices going up are uh, politically advantageous, that they're a vote winner, and also that um, that nimbyism is uh, an insurmountable obstacle and that there's always going to be a clash between Um, building homes and keeping people happy but it certainly seems as though over the last couple of years um, it shifted partly I suspect partly because of the amount that house prices have gone up but also uh, the fact that home ownership has declined and that there are a lot of um, fairly well-off graduate professionals for example who uh, are waiting a long time to become homeowners so Things have seemed to have do seem to have shifted, and it seems as though um, people are, um, you know, understanding that the in order to um, sort of free up the market a bit, there does need to be some more supply. And if that's uh, supply in their their local area, then um, then they they accept that that uh, that might need to be done. Yeah, which is really positive, really positive. Um, let's let's move on to looking at the 2017 election. Um, Labour did better than uh, expected and there was a lot of uh, debate about why that was and where we were picking up um, votes, uh, you know, whether it was young people or, or, or what it was. C- can you talk a bit about people in the private rented sector, which is an ever-increasing number of people, and where, where, where they're at in terms of their voting? 
Yeah, so the the very interesting thing about uh, renters and particularly private renters um, in the 2017 election, or perhaps more accurately, between the 2015 and 2017 elections, yeah. uh, is how much they shifted. Now, um, the it looks the, the best data we have on this is from the British election study, which is uh, not a standard opinion poll. It's where they actually physically go and knock on people's doors and make sure they get a representative sample, including lots and lots of people uh, who didn't vote, um, which is something that the, the traditional polls often have a, a problem with. And then they check it against the, in, in conjunction with the Electoral Commission, they check it against the records of um, of who voted and who didn't. And so they get a really accurate picture of turnout. And one of the things that's clear in that is that a lot of the increase in the vote, so uh, about a, a million and a half more votes in, in 2017 and 2015, a lot of those came from renters and uh, disproportionately private renters. Um, so it's, there is uh, an increase there. But even without those, just the swing among people who voted in both elections, um, there was a, a very disproportionate um, gain for Labour. If you look at the changes in party vote shares among private renters, the Labour vote went up about 18 points um, in the British election study, whereas the, the Conservative vote actually dropped a couple of points. So that's a 10% that's a swing uh, among private renters. And um, and overall among renters, I think um, about a six or seven percent swing. So we're really talking about some quite big moves here um, that, in fact, represent the the they account for the entirety of um, the swing from the Conservatives to Labour over that Parliament that led to the Tories losing the majority. That's pretty fundamental, isn't it? That's uh, that's incredible. I mean, again, we've we've looked at uh, different. Um, tenures in the shadow housing team and looked at how people vote and and people you would perhaps expect who live in council social housing um vote predominantly labor um increasingly just as you've described so well uh, you've got people in the private rented sector uh voting labor what was interesting to me as a quite a new uh, shadow housing minister was that actually there's not that much difference uh, in terms of people who have a mortgage so who don't own their house outright but have a mortgage the conservatives are, are ahead but not by the mm -hmm. margins you would expect them to be and then it's at the complete home ownership level where you, where you own a house outright that there's a strong um, support for the Conservatives so there's lots of there's there's lots of interesting things within that I mean in terms of the, the private um, rented sector they're quite low aren't they in terms of their propensity to vote the turnout is not is not you know is not as high as, as people for example who have a mortgage Yes, indeed. The, so the, the, the turnout um, in 2015 was uh, very low. In fact, it was around just above the 40% mark. Um, so even with this big increase um, that I mentioned, it's still only getting up to the about the 50% mark um, for private uh, and indeed social renters, whereas the homeowners, it's, uh, it's, it's in the high 70s. Um, so there really is quite a big difference between the two. Obviously, you have to take into account the fact that, particularly with private renters, uh, they tend to be younger, and so um, you, obviously you, part of it is is, is simply the, the age difference. But even if you look within age groups, there's still um, a big uh, difference in propensity to vote. So there are um, quite a lot more votes uh, there to be got for whoever can get them. 
Yeah, yeah. What about um, within housing as an issue? If you if you say to people, you know, what is it within within housing as a subject we should be doing? What what do people see as the, as the big priorities? Well, the, the priority for most people, um, it appears, is um, based on uh, various polls that have asked them. Um, the, the, the number one issue is affordability. And you can kind of understand that because it is the most, the, what they're paying out each month is the most um, immediate um, concern to them. And, and obviously they would, um, you can see how they would think about that before they might think, for example, about um, the length of the tenancy agreement or or the, their security or their their rights um, obviously those are all things that may come to matter further down and, and possibly affect the amount that they're paying but certainly if you ask them at the moment that they are being asked by pollsters what is most important to them the the i think the pound in their pocket is the first thing um that comes to mind so uh, they will talk about affordability of either rents or indeed um of buying uh, house prices for for people looking to buy and in terms of what sort of houses to be supplied they they will think uh, a lot of them in terms of um in terms of affordable housing so um, affordability. It seems as though anything um, to do with affordability is quite high on people's yeah. um, list of priorities. Yeah. Which you would, which you would expect, because as you say, that's the immediate thing that you're dealing with each month is yeah. is the amount of your income, the amount of your money that goes out in in housing costs. I mean, we're in Liverpool this week. You know, the the average. Um, you know, if you if you want to buy a home here, five times average salary is is is, is what you need. And um, you yeah. know, there are there are pockets where there's this acute. Uh, affordability crisis in in the private rented sector where you can be paying way more than you would pay each month for a mortgage uh, yeah. just to rent privately and i i wonder whether on some of the private renting issues so we've got quite a you know a radical but totally doable set of policies around giving tenants more security so that they can stay and in their homes for longer that there's more security over how much the rents will increase that they have more rights um, as consumers uh, to rent uh, their property because at the moment um, you know you've got more rights when you buy a washing machine than when you rent a, a home there's all these things where i think there's there's real room for the Labour Party to get in there and have that conversation because I think perhaps it's just not a world that people envisage because they're just used to everything being rubbish and they 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 haven't quite sort of you know thought well maybe there's a, a, a different way of doing things and and all they can think about obviously is is the amount of money that's that's coming out of their pocket every month. What's um, you know, we're we're potentially uh, heading towards a general election, potentially not. Um, we've got quite a broad set of, of policies in the Labour Party on housing. We're ahead in the polls um, on housing issues. Uh, you know, th- th- we're trusted more than the than the Tories on on housing. What do you think? Looking at all the the stats that that you can see, what what do you think is the most interesting thing that perhaps we might want to have a bit more of a think about? Well, yeah, uh, there there are um, all sorts of interesting um, things to um, get one's teeth into when it comes to to housing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the the debate that's going to be, I mean, the, the really interesting thing, I mean, thinking about it from from my point of view, is 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 the fact that this is coming up the agenda, and perhaps because of all of the 
um, understandable focus on on Brexit at the moment. People are perhaps not looking so closely at the domestic agenda, but it is really um, moving up. And I think there is going to uh, have to be a, a a debate in you know between parties or within parties about um, you know what exactly is going to be done, what is going to be built, where. Um, you know, is it is it for homeowners or private renters or social housing and and, and so on? Um, but it it is. I mean, I think the the really interesting thing is simply the the amount of things that there are to um, to discuss and the way that we as a country can um, go with it. But um, it, yeah. we are in a very interesting times. Yeah, it's a massive, uh, massively complex area. There's no simple answers, but we know that the public are interested and we know that they want us to find answers. And that's a, that's a really good starting point. Um, mm-hmm. So thank you, Matt. That's been really interesting. We could we could talk for hours, but um, I encourage people <laughs> to go and look at your um, blog and to, to read what you're doing because it's really great. And thanks ever so much for giving us your time.